Proudly presents the season finale. The season finale of Modern Rankers. Pedro Boiza. And then, I guess ideally we would have like um, piano music, like in Serial or something. Um. That would play. I'm just really happy for this project to be done. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, and we say this is very much. I've been watching, I, I rewatched Community recently, and that was a show, it lasted six seasons, but it was on the bubble of cancellation, like, from season three onward, and so, like, uh-huh. the, the, the season finale of four of the six seasons plays like a series finale, just in case, and we are in the same boat with this series, because... Is not we don't necessarily know that they'll do this again with the second season of The Mandalorian. And after you and I talked about it a little bit last week, I well, I'm starting to think that they may not because if you remember week one of this, it was you logged into Disney Plus and it was right there on the landing page. And then for the finale this week, when you like, I had to I had to scroll pretty deep into the oh I have like, the inside the scoop for page. that. Yeah, oh, okay. it's because Artemis Fell is so bad oh my gosh. that anything that's connected near Artemis Fell, based on the mm-hmm. transitive property, it's honestly like a viral disease. And you look <laughs> at it, and it's like, oh, Disney Gallery, okay, let's check this out. And then you're like, they're also recommending it with Artemis Fell, so if I like that garbage, trash, despicable excuse for a movie, like, honestly, honestly, Josh Gad's character... He wasn't even it for three-fourths of the movie, and yet he's the narrator? How does that make any sense? Okay? So, that's clearly the reason. It has nothing to do with what you just said. And, I don't... Let's see Let's see how long I can keep this up of, um... Trashing Artemis Fowl every episode. I mean... We're, we're getting into... This will be the... Next week will be the first week in, I feel like, a long time where we don't actually have content we're basing stuff off of. I don't know. There must have been... Well, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, Clone Wars came pretty quick on the back of whatever we were covering for Resistance and stuff, maybe? I don't know. Maybe oh, not. So we need yeah, we need get, all the runners get, we can get. It'll get pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, I already well, have... we have a plan for next month. We've talked about it. We're good yeah, to go we, for July. Yeah, we do July. have a plan. But if it involves Artemis Fowl and Star Wars, I definitely... Uh, I have some I have some moral dilemmas for how much I hate mm-hmm. that movie. It's bad. It's it's. Mm-hmm. But hey, this is Safe for Work podcast, so. Um, well, they. I will do so my I best. Never, you read those books, I guess. Also, they were books. Apparently, I learned this weekend. Yeah, there's like six or seven. Um, and so you did you read them all, or do you read at least one of them? Um, I read three or four. I think the series mm-hmm. started in 2002 and it ended in like 2012 or 2016. So I, okay. I didn't, I so, um, didn't feel comfortable reading them, but I liked the first, I mean, I liked the first couple of them. And enough that when the movie came out, you felt like you needed to watch it. Oh, I, I mean, I made it like, I made it a point of emphasis. I, I, oh, okay. I, I had it on my calendar um, <laughs> I um, had to actually get some time for the TV because some people in my family are like, let's watch King of Staten Island. Pete Davidson's so great. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> we are watching Artemis Fowl. And oh. then they're like, hard pass. And I'm like, oh, joke's on you. <laughs> actually, joke's on me. Because that was the biggest trash. I mean... People, honestly, they talk about, they say all these rude things about the prequels. And, you know, they're saying rude (laughs) things about episode nine, blah, blah, blah. At least, like, at least, like, the people that made these movies, they really like Star Wars. I mean, okay, Rey, Palpatine, whatever. All right. Like, at least they like Rey. She, like, does cool stuff. Um, Whoever made this movie for Artemis Fowl... Seems to hate Artemis Fowl. Hates mm. ev- hates every single person, and they hate all the actors too. They like kind of like Tim hate- Burton and Batman. Uh, 
Um, no, I mean people like. I'm not saying those movies are bad, but it's, I think it's, Tim Burton is consistently more interested with everyone but Batman in those movies. Granted, he doesn't. He doesn't hate Batman. I guess, like you're saying. I think Artemis this Fowl. person hated all of the, the every single second. And sorry, I hated every single second of this movie. I should have been clear. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll have we'll have some stuff. Um, yeah, but well, I'm gonna I was I asked because there's potential for me to end up in a similar situation because you said you were gonna watch Artemis Fowl, and by the time you were telling me you were gonna watch it, like the reviews are already out and it was getting slammed. Uh, and then recently, within the last week, they announced, though, I never read Artemis Fowl, but they did announce that they're tentatively going forward with a movie um, based on Animorphs. The Nickelodeon show? <clears throat> no, the Nickelodeon show based on the series of books. Uh, and so I'm trying to wonder if that Animorphs movie comes out. And it sits on uh, nice and pretty, like, 35 on Metacritic, akin to your Artemis Fowls. Am I going to go see that Animorphs movie? There's potential that I might. Well, I mean, this will bring us into a more interesting conversation during our filler month. I'm thinking this mm-hmm. is like an August conversation of... Yeah. Um, <laughs> if a movie... It's like mid-September. Like, and we got like a month before Mandalorian. Like, if a movie's trash, um, are you more upset watching it on like a streaming service, or would you be more upset in theaters? And like, how many movies are you realistically gonna watch post coronavirus? Like, I'm getting rid of my movie um, subscription as soon as the state I'm living in goes green because I just can't see myself going to a theater. Um, oh really? Yeah, I I I just I I have don't. They, yeah, go ahead. Has your account because you you have you have one of these subscriptions to a theater chain that allows you to see movies at a specific chain? You're talking about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have. Has it been paused for? I assume they paused it while. They, yeah, yeah. So they paused. I have AMC A list, which is like mm-hmm. twenty four bucks a month or twenty three bucks a month, and you get to see twelve movies. Um, so it's four. No, it's three a week. You get to see three a week. And, you know, I, 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 I've only ever maxed that out in, like, the summer. Like, I would max it out in June, mm-hmm. July, um, because, you know, months, summer break. But I just, I, yeah, I can't really foresee myself going to that, too. Um, the people I see it with, um, you know, I think one of them has pre-existing conditions. I'm not going to out that person, although they, they don't listen to the podcast, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just can't, I, I can't see. talking about it. me. <laughs> My my pre existing condition is I care too much about cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that'll be I, that'll be an interesting thing. Well, and it's it's interesting you talk about um, like even with the possibility of those restrictions being lifted, still feeling a little uncomfortable with the prospect of going to. Uh, the theaters are, are hanging out with a bunch of people because up until very recently, I had very similar v- feelings at a very large scale regarding Star Wars Celebration. Whoa, what a, a transition. There, I know, I'm really a pro. It For a while there, it was seeming like, are they going to cancel this or are we going to, am I going to have to like... <laughs> I believe at one point on a previous episode, I, I said that I didn't think he would, even if they did have it, I didn't feel like I could responsibly go and that I would learn to regret those words because they were going to have it. And then I would have to not go and I'd be bummed, I think. But uh, it's canceled or it's they say canceled for the first time ever. But I mean, it's rescheduled. So I don't know if you call it canceled. I think it got bumped. I, and, actually, I have the official. um email out because i knew they were going to talk about this oh good idea yeah and i'll I'll just say up front i know like we've i in particular over the past several weeks have griped about this a lot i'm on last week's episode i even last week's episode we recorded before that announcement but the episode aired after the announcement but i think i may have taken out where i complained about it oh really so i don't know (laughs) if i complained about it last week if not, I took it out. Um, also, how did you like her singing? Because I stopped oh, after man. that. 
God bless you if you got through that. Uh, but I, I will say, I, I do, I guess I understand tentatively that perhaps they didn't want to cancel it until they had the alternative date. So, like, perhaps they knew it was going to be, like, they were not deluding themselves into thinking that they would still have it, but they didn't want to disappoint people without telling them, like, giving them something to look forward to or something like that. Like, maybe they didn't want to just be like, all right, it's canceled. They want to be like, it's canceled and the next one's here, and so you can go to that. But, I don't know, 2022! Oh, wow. I just read... Which I guess means you and I are going to still be hanging out in two years. <laughs> uh, which is I always mean, up in the air. This is... this is um, I um, just read the August 18th. I didn't read mm-hmm. the 2022. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a live, yep. this is a live reaction. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, what? Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. 2022. Is yeah. that when they're like, "Hey, we're gonna finally have some content for you. We're not gonna have this I like know, right? this like because like th- this punk John Favreau being the the voice of Star Wars. Is he gonna be the voice yeah. of Star Wars for the next year and a half? Twenty twenty two. Oh my oh gosh! Oh my is he gonna gosh! Gonna be the voice of Star Wars for the next year and a half. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, we'll what? be like they'll be. At, at that Star Celebration, they'll be showing the trailer for The Mandalorian Season 4. Um. Wh- or, well, I mean, assuming things keep uh, going, obviously, coronavirus. But, yeah. Okay, you didn't catch that part. How okay. How old is little Yanni going to be? How old am I going to be? Oh, yeah. God. Now I'm understanding why you didn't think my joke about having a child by then was, was funny. Uh. You could have two of them. I know. <laughs> My God. Yeah, 2022. What are they thinking? 2022. Like, what are? Are you insane? What? <laughs> Why would you? I. Well, okay, because I was gonna ask if you transferred your tickets yet, but I I'm, assume you haven't. I mean, then. obviously, until we stop the podcast, there's there's no need. Like, I don't need that. I mean, I'm like getting more into investing but whatever you know that i've this is i've already put the money in so i'm gonna i'm obviously gonna transfer it but yeah but you can get that money back yeah yeah no no, i'm gonna i'm sorry i'm obviously gonna transfer the ticket to 2022 okay yeah that was that was probably my plan as well but i did want to ask you what do you think i'm 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 envisioning we might be dead by then with all of our you know (laughs) Stunts that were pulling. Let me tell for, you, the way the thirty year. has shaped up for me so far, pretty likely. Um, I'm envisioning. Oh, coronavirus! Oh, I'm thirty. You know, <laughs> who else has turned am thirty I, during a global pandemic? Why me? Am I oh, back? No. Oh, um, the back thing's serious. I'm, yeah, that's true. I'm in. I'm envisioning. It's not that serious, but it was. It's. It's. If it weren't me, it'd Listen, be hilarious that it happened. Josh, right when I I'm sorry that you've been uh, carrying the podcast on your back for all these years. All right, yeah, let me just take some of the yeah. load off of that. <laughs> Not happening. I'm envisioning August 2022. You and I have both moved to different states that we live in now, and the podcast has ended like a year and a half before then, and we see each other for the first time, and like. You're hanging out with Oscar, and I'm hanging out with Dave, and then our eyes meet across the room at, like, a mixer for, like, the night before celebration where we're there with all the movers and shakers. And even though our podcast is canceled and we kind of went our separate ways financially and, uh, you know, institutionally, we see each other, and the whole room goes silent because it's like, oh, my gosh. Josh and Pete are both here, and they are, the podcast ended, like, so long ago. Like, Whoa. And we just like, we don't have to say anything. We just look and like, we nod. And I have uh, like a full mustache. Um, and listeners, this hypothetical, if one of us chooses to divest, it's for a cash grab because of how <laughs> lucrative this brand is. So if that were. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Big news. <laughs> Even bigger news <laughs> than Star Celebration Week canceled. 
Oh, right, yeah. Um, we finally have somebody that bought merch um, on the Etsy account. Um, the, the funnier thing is that it got locked, so I have to figure out how to unlock it on the account. The Etsy I, account yeah. got locked? <laughs> um, it's, so what does that mean? So um, I've done everything in my power because I want people that want to buy merch to really want to buy merch to make it as difficult as humanly possible. So one well, you gotta earn one it. listener of the pod said, hey, Pete, um, I was trying to buy it, and then it said, um, click your customization, and then there was nothing there, so I stopped. And that's because I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to turn customization off. There's nothing to customize, all right? Like, you hit your size, and then there's customization. There's no, You do no, no option. I just don't know how to delete that yeah, option. Yeah, like, no offense, but our taste is better than yours, so we've got that covered. And, you just pick your size. And then this latest one, um, it's just some... It's like... You, this is not updated with the catalog. And I'm like, what are you hmm. even talking about? Etsy. All right. Um, what that mean? But, um, yes, people are buying it. Um, yes. once one goes and out into the world, deal. um, people are going to be they talking did talk about, about it. it in wall street journal. Yeah. It was on the little stock ticker or the bomb of the screen. It did, ha- the it news did have a feature on Barron's. Um, a lot of times people will talk about stocks, um, they talk about stuff on the rise. We are stable, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because we invest in the fans. Twenty twenty for the fans. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, hashtag twenty twenty for the fans. Um, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, and so you and I, I don't know if it was on the pod or not, but we've had some discussion as to if celebration ended up getting canceled, doing po boy celebration where we do like an episode on each of the days that celebration would have been. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. I am. Um, but I also, I'm here for the fans. So if we want to pump out some content like that, I'm down. I mean, look, it's 27, 28, 29th. 30th. Oh my gosh, how's it that many days? Four days. Okay. And then 27th is a Thursday anyway. That'd be our episode. So it's just like three extra episodes that we have to come up with sometime between now, like in the next two months. And I feel like we could do fun, dumb stuff. Yes. Jump back yeah, in. Yeah, here's, here's um, some important information for you all. Um, there's a ticket refund. It opened um, this past Monday, the 22nd. And you have until... And is this one of those limited things? Okay, yeah. yeah. so you have until August 26th to... Um, the day before Star Wars Celebration would have been this year. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And um, anybody that chooses to transfer their tickets will get... Oh, this, this nonsense. Um, a, a pin for all transfer tickets. Yeah, a Stormtrooper pin. Um, Not one of the pins everybody goes bananas about that looks so stupid and they're all cartoony. It's like a bust of a stormtrooper, if my memory serves. Okay. Um, and then, oh, okay. Um, per your mer- your merch. Um, if you pre-ordered it, you'll still receive it. Um, Did you get any this time? No, I didn't. That's funny. Um, all of the incredible. I I didn't either. All of the incredible exclude incredible. Oh my gosh, these people just infuriate me. Um, all the merch. <laughs> planned um for celebration will be online for purchase and fans that choose to receive merchandise credit will be able to use it at that time so um interesting all right so i mean so they're still gonna all the like all the pre-order merch or all the merch that would have been at the celebration store um i think it's i think it's both um yeah i that's that's how i read it which is going mm. to create an awful day for both of us sometime in July where... Yeah, but at least we'll be able to sit down. We're literally in one of those awful, awful lines where it says what yeah. your number is and like, oh, you have mm. three minutes, blah, blah, blah. And then the thing that everybody wants is going to be taken out. Um, Gosh, that was miserable. Yeah, um, I, I can't imagine... Uh, I mean, the merch, like... It's really not the 
bang for your buck. Like I still, I think I only wear like one of the things I got. Um, in the, oh, really? in the I wear a few. Yeah, in the in the two celebrations we've been to, I think I only wear one thing on a regular basis. Um, okay. But that, I mean, that's cool. I. It's nice that they're you know letting letting people transfer it. It sucks for people that like got priced out or you know missed out on that that you know day because for the listeners that aren't aware, like when you want to get these celebration tickets, you have to like be paying attention. You have to. That's a good point. You have to know like <laughs> in advance. Like if you work like um some job like um like Josh, your girlfriend who you know uh, when she's working, she's like. There's not a lot of free time doing a surgery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on, baby. All right. I need to yeah. get my celebration <laughs> tickets. Um, yeah. And then you bring up an interesting point, too, because this, the celebration tickets went so quick this year. But it's also like all those fans who missed out on getting 2020 tickets. And they're like, oh, I guess I have to wait till 2021. But now it's like, mm, you're probably going to have to wait until at least 2023. But I'll be I'll be curious how many folks uh, don't transfer, like how many folks get a refund. I mean, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're, for, we're you and I are fortunate enough to be able to spend the money to go on this dumb, bombastic trip. But, you know, there are a lot of people who have been hit economically much harder than us and it's it's certainly a time that you know people might want to get that money back and put it to something else so i yeah i don't know i'll, I'll be curious um what the ticket situation is for folks who are going to try to go to celebration 2022 that did not have tickets to 2020 yeah i mean um it it There'll probably be what? Let's say five thousand people got tickets. I would imagine probably maybe a fifth of them are not gonna go now for mm -hmm. financial reasons or um family reasons or life reasons. So yeah. it just makes that time when they're buying tickets even more hectic. Like if we like say, say this was like Orlando when we were like first getting into this. Um, mm -hmm. we definitely wouldn't have gone like the idea that you and I both would have gotten tickets when like 80% of the things already sold out and you have to be like just getting it. Oh yeah. yeah. Like not, yeah, I see what you're saying. not necessarily yeah. that like we really lucked out. Um, we were just on the ball when we both got our tickets. So like, you know, when the day says like, you know, you have to get it. It starts today. You know, you got yours like two hours before I did. But, you know, we I right. I still like got the five day pass and mm -hmm. I didn't have to go through a ton of loops. So that I mean, that 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 part's unfortunate um, for sure. But I guess it makes sense. I mean, I'm sure, you know, people are getting their weddings pushed to different dates. I mean, life is getting pushed back. For, yeah, for I mean, at least one wedding I was going to go to got canceled. And that that's the other thing to consider is, yeah, it's like it's not just this isolated incident where Star Celebration is canceled. Like, yeah, pe people's entire lives are, are being kind of shuffled to the right on the calendar a little bit because of this. Yeah. So, so I don't know. And it's it's been interesting because I also, as I've mentioned previously on this show, had a bunch of concerts lined up as well. And it's become like a case by case basis for like, because they've all been canceled. I mean, every or rescheduled. They've all been rescheduled. And like, you can't get a ticket refund through Ticketmaster or Live Nation, the heinous monopolies that control the entire concert industry until they've announced a new date. But because. I was going to Star Wars Celebration and it just happened to be this weird, perfect storm where Star Wars Celebration was happening the weekend that a bunch of bands I really, really like were coming to a major city near where I live. I wound up, I wanted to see those tours so badly that I wound up getting tickets for much further away. But now that those dates don't conflict, I'm like, well, I'm not going to go to freaking four states over when they're playing in a state near me 
because I mean now I won't be going to celebration. But so yeah, I mean yeah, celebrations. I'll I'll be I'll be going with that rescheduling. Um, you know, Ramstein when they announced the rescheduled date, I'm I don't know. I'll probably try to get my money back and get a ticket to a different show or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, like, like, well like until said, until lot, the Ramstein podcast comes out. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, cybersecurity specialist du- Connor would love to do that. Du boys. And I only say that because of how many ta- how many tattoos he has. You got a lot. Um, oh, um, I well, guess no, have- let's do a shout out to Connor. Hey, Connor, if you're listening to this, um, send me more oh, gifts yeah. on Pokemon. Um, I need them right now desperately because of mm-hmm. reasons. So. Thank and, you for your support. And Connor, if you're listening to this, text me light as a feather, stiff as a board. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so uh, we do need to get into the finale of the Disney Gallery Connected thing. like Tetris. But I, yes. But I guess it quickly bears mentioning that a new Star Wars game was announced. Oh, yeah. Um Star Wars Squadron. Huh. Yeah, I... Where you're, uh, you're piloting a ship. You're a starfighter, X-Wing, TIE fighter. They're on my six. Yeah, I'll be... I, I'm, I gotta Stand target. be realist. Yeah, I'm only... I'm not that excited. I hope it's good, but... It's, it's still yay, and... Battlefront 2, for all the improvements that people say the DLC made and all the improvements it had over its predecessor, the flight controls in that game were infuriating and insufferable. That was third person? Yes, and I don't remember if you could toggle back and forth, but it was, I mean, oh my gosh. It was just, it was just to me, personally, I found it unplayable. And so I, I don't know that I trust them enough to deliver a fluid experience that looks nice and feels nice doing it, but we'll see. And then it also just feels like uh, I've complained in the past that a lot of times when I am engaging with the current Star Wars EU, it seems like a very by-the-numbers sort of Rise of the Empire story where it's like a hint of the Force and an unaffiliated with the Empire villain, but sort of affiliated, and a weird, mysterious Star Wars element that we've never heard of that's all of a sudden the most important thing in the book, and it's hitting all these tropes. And it's not, they're not quite getting in that territory, but Squadrons, the trailer they presented just sort of feels like this Alphabet Squadron book that people seem so interested in. I mean, that book seems, like, people seem to like that book uh-huh. and they seem to be excited for the sequel and this just seems to be like the exact same thing granted i i don't know that much about the alphabet squadron but my understanding is it's um squadron of of rebel pilots taking on the imperial remnant and that seems exactly like what the squadron trailer was um, granted you know you probably don't play it for the story but yeah know. If it is Alphabet Squadron, that would be really, really cool. Um, I don't think it is literally Alphabet Squadron. Mainly because they do a really good job in that book of making it more of a one-for-one in terms of parody um, of, Mm -hmm. like, the TIE Fighter or the TIE Squadron actually being, like, menacing. It's not just, like, you know, Rogue Squadron where you just, like, take them out or um, Poe, like, I don't know, murking, like, 37 ties in one movie or something like that mm-hmm. um so that that would be that would be cool i'm just I, I was i'm hopeful in the fact that it's a 5e5 so i'm i'm curious if it's gonna be 5e5 with cpus or without cpus um and then the first person aspect of it too is interesting um I got, you know, there's those, there's those, um, I don't know if you've ever played it. There's like a Millennium Falcon and an X-Wing, like, um, arcade game where you're like actually in the cockpit and you like do like the, um, Hmm. the death, the Death Star trench run. 
and yeah, I, never played I it. think there's one that does the Kessel Run. I'm not 100% on that. Um, so I was kind of getting vibes of that, um, which was kind of cool. Um, it really just depends on how much maneuverability you can actually get. Um, which I don't, I assume that it's not a lot. So if, if, if the fluidity of it all, like I, you want to, you want to feel like when you're hitting a button, there's like, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, it was, you want it to feel as much like pressing the gas in a car as it can, you know, like that the, the machine is reacting to your pushing the controls and stuff like that. Um, which I mean, which has been done in the past. I mean, there, there are games that do it, so it's certainly not an impossible task, but that, I mean, that was not the case in Battlefront. That said, that was not what Battlefront was advertised to be either, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm curious if it gets a, a decent score, I assume I'll get it. I don't know. It comes out in like October and nothing else going on then, but I have not enjoyed a Star Wars game that's come out in the Disney era. Oh, and so well, I you, don't you have like, high hopes. For I mean, this. Fallen Order. Say what you will about the story, um, in their style of like open world esque. Um, mm-hmm. I I had, I had a thoroughly good time with it, and it was mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, it's tough for them to. They're not allowed to touch canon, so they have to operate on creating a story at ne- next to it with elements of it, you know, making connections mm-hmm. with it. Um, just kind of like what this episode of Disney gallery is. Yeah. So I'm definitely, um, for me, I don't, I don't have a, de- a device that can play this game. Um, right. Cause you played phone or like your room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I literally, I oh, literally yeah. bought it, played it. And then, I like lent it to a friend mm. um, and I don't I still don't think he's played it, but maybe I'll do. Th- well, I can get it. You can come you can come visit. You can come visit. We'll spend a weekend beating. Yeah, that coronavirus, game. too. We'll just we'll, have to. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll thing. get Oscar on it. Mm, mm-hmm. John, John would probably be pretty good. I know um, John Boyega, not Favreau. Yeah. Well, any any listener. true listener knows we're talking about yeah. Boyega boys. Um, and then the fifth person in our squad, it could be you. And that plug's done. Okay. Um, so yeah, we are going to do squash and draft real quick. If they did, let's say a Finn show on Disney plus, would we be Boyega boys or would we be Boysiega? Boyega boys or Pope Boysiegas. Oh, boys, Yega. Boyega boys. Probably Boyega, yeah, Boyega boys. boys. Now, I, isn't there a popular podcast cool. called um, Boyega boys? I would be shocked if there wasn't. Yeah, we can take all of their um, ideas and just put Boyega on it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, great, so this great. is the last episode of Disney Gallery. 38 minutes! 38 minutes. I kept being like, is this movie, is this thing done yet? What was it, Seven Samurai? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? I guess they're making up for the 19-minute episode a few weeks back. So the, I was, I don't, I didn't have a great idea, or I was, I was curious what connections would end up being. And I was thinking it, would maybe be more narratively focused, but this ended up mostly being about Easter eggs. Yeah, no, this was this was um, basically the Johnny Johnny F looked at a BuzzFeed article and he was like, well, "I can do that. <laughs> I can do. I can do that." And right off the bat, true to form, I have it right here in my notes. Oh my God, he picked up the big gun again, once again. They dust off that footage of John Boy or oh, wow, I'm so sorry, John Favreau, 
enemy of the state, John Favreau, picking up that big giant e-web cannon and be like, oh yeah, just pretend it's like twice as heavy. Because oh, I make it look so easy. And we already said in the previous episode that they had that rigged up to invisible wiring and stuff so that there were, you know, dutiful men and women in the rafters on levies and pulleys lifting that gun up to Doing make that look so tough when he picked up that gun. Yeah, sure. Well, I would say the devil's work, given that it's in the service of making Favreau look like um, a, a thick wool daddy. But they had to dust that one off again immediately. Him picking up that big, big, heavy gun. Oh, brother. But it was interesting. I... I, in the back of my mind, I guess, thought this might be, yeah, like I said, more narratively focused. Like, okay, this, you know, like, talk about Death Watch, connect that back to Clone Wars. And they do that a little bit with the Darksaber and stuff, but it really was more just um, Easter eggs and stuff like that. And I'm curious, Pete, what you thought, because... I, I think you and I, as people who have a freaking Star Wars podcast at this point, are maybe a little jaded when it comes to this sort of thing because we're more likely to have already noticed it. And so it's it's not as exciting. But I still remember watching Bones Features for Clone Wars and having them discuss similar things. And at that time, I was a very casual Star Wars fan, and it being really exciting for me when they would point out, like the example I think of is there's, I think canonically, the first episode of Clone Wars where they fly like a needle-shaped ship with a cloaking or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and then in the in the making of that episode, they're like, well, of course, you know, in, in Empire Strikes Back... There's a line of dialogue, and it says, oh, no ship that small has a cloaking system. And then I thought, oh, whoa, that's so cool. (laughs) And I just remember being so excited that they paid attention to that and stuff. And so there's, I think, um, as you become more and more uh, consumed with Star Wars content, you are less likely to be excited or interested in that sort of stuff because you're more likely to... Like you, you be you become the audience that those Easter eggs are made for, and I was wondering how you felt about like was this all just kind of old hat to you, or did it still get you excited seeing them talk about this stuff? Well, it's one of those things where it's the curse of knowledge, where you know somebody mm-hmm. will talk to me about Episode Nine, and they were like, "I hate that movie," or "I hate Eight, I hate Seven, and they try to have a conversation with me, and I'm like, "You don't know the characters' names, you don't really under you know." understand the background <laughs> like i understand you had a visceral reaction and you just didn't like it um which is i mean hey that's a legitimate reaction to you know storytelling yeah. and it, it's like it, it, I, the the closest example i can think of is how i felt i watched um solo with like five six people that are like um work friends so we go see it and then mm-hmm. they're like, who was that guy? And I was like, that was Darth Maul. And they're like, isn't he dead? And I'm like, um, yeah, he came back in this TV show and he was the villain. And, <laughs> and you know, I go on for like 45 seconds and they look at me and I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I just want to die. Um, <laughs> I I have a similar, a vaguely similar example. This is a story I've thought about telling on the pod many times, but I've never told on the pod, I don't think. And just to, in, ter- in terms of the difference between, like, someone like you or I, who spends way too much time with Star Wars, versus someone who just enjoys Star Wars and also uh, lives a life separate of it. Um, a, like, my boss's boss watches, you know, is, is into Star Wars, he goes to see the movies and stuff like that. And I remember he came into my office after Last Jedi and was talking about Last Jedi and like, oh, he very much enjoyed it. And like, yeah, people are bummed about Luke, but I don't know, it made sense to me. And he espoused his understanding that like, well, I don't know why people were confused about what happened to Luke. Like, 
he got stabbed by Kylo Ren. He's still taking that damage. Even if he's not there, he still got stabbed by Kylo Ren. He's still taking that damage. What does that even mean? Looking at him, I don't know. I think it means that whatever happened to the projection of Luke happened to Luke also. Like Matrix, Matrix rules, I guess. Okay. Or something. I don't know. And I Oh, uh, that makes zero. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I just I just looked at it and was like, "Yeah, man, totally." <laughs> Hot take. Great. It wasn't worth the energy to get into yeah, it. Yeah, so for me, um I I think the the my hope my hope would have been getting some anecdote like we got in the first two episodes, like with Dave talking about Duel of the Fates and making mm-hmm. some Boy, that some was something. A- action to it. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean I, I I would say the best line is Dave saying it's like your older brother took all the cool toys, and somehow you have <laughs> a, Boba Fett, and then you paint him silver. Um, which mm-hmm. I definitely imagine. Like I think my brother did that when I was a kid, for sure. Um, oh boy. So. Uh- I, I have an alternate best line of the episode, which is one I wrote down here, where they are talking about IG-88 and how it's literally just a prop, basically like a all but a cardboard cutout that they stood up there and it just stood entirely still. And him being like, oh, it's so stoic. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking rule. Dave was pretty good in, the ep- in this episode Again, where, love, he was like, where he was like, he doesn't even have feet. Yeah, <laughs> as if like that's the that's the barometer. Like, oh, you, they don't have this 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 character's trash. He doesn't have feet. Yeah, and I but it, I sus I suspect for a, I really do think not to get to final thoughts about this Disney Gallery series too early, but I do think that like it, there are probably young people out there like kids, you know eight-year-olds whatever watching this making of stuff and getting a a lot out of it and this episode like the connectivity that it shows and how and how you're able to be creative within a playground that's not necessarily yours you know it's something someone else built but you're able to utilize parts of it and and add on to it and build on top of something i i think is cool but i mean yeah for me like they have there's a whole section, the back half of the episode, I think, there may even be a title card for it, about deep cuts. And they go down a list of deep cuts. Uh-huh. And then, like, two minutes later, they're like, yeah, so there's Jawas. You may have recognized the Jawas. Like, oh, Whew. the deepest of cuts. Oh, yeah, that was really um, bad. Which, But, I mean, to, to be fair, if you're just someone who enjoys Star Wars, you know. Great, calling it a deep cut was ridiculous, but um, well, were there? You know, let me get into um, a part that irked me about John Favreau, and this just kind of speaks to how much this guy wants to be loved and how he just wants to belong um, on his own mm-hmm. terms. Because when he was talking about Willow Rudd, Hood, Willow Rudd, Hood, Willow yeah. Hood, yeah, the ice cream man. And he was like, it's the mm-hmm. highlight of celebration where everybody runs around with these ice cream makers. And oh, I'm like, <laughs> I remember like this a little bit, but not particularly. But for John Favreau, like he. It happened. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, this is but... the coolest thing. And I'm like, OK, OK, guy, like calm down. It's really not that big of a deal. But. <laughs> and there was I should have kept better notes at some point john noel corrected him on something um the ats and oh yeah it was yeah there you go yeah yeah he points out that it's a it's a different atst in empire uh it's a chicken walker design it's it's a different design than in in return of the jedi um and i was like oh no no it's actually an empire the jungle's like calm down i'm in the phantom menace i've been at lucasfilm for longer than you've been alive not really but and i i felt it's our place 
you know, the mission statement of this Mudhorn Rakers podcast is that we're telling you the story behind the story behind the Mandalorian and the, and the true things. And I, you know, given that Favreau seemed to think it was worthwhile to include that little exchange in the show, I think it's only appropriate that we point out that uh, John Knoll can and has beaten up John Favreau. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is quick. It was, it was pretty clean. It was tastefully done. Um, it's just it, it's it's important to know that. Yeah, the running of the the running of the hoods was funny that because they really did put a lot of emphasis on it in in celebration. And to, I mean, to be fair, this could this could genuinely be something, Pete, that just you and I aren't hip to, and maybe it is a bigger deal than we think. But I I, I don't remember if we were together when it happened. I just lucked into being on the floor when it happened. Um, yeah, I, I'm uh, probably waiting in line for something else or something. And I mean, so I was there and I saw it and it was, it was hilarious. I had no idea it was a thing at the time. Yeah. Um, I was probably a, a, along the same lines with that. I mean, it's, it's cool. If that's your thing. I mean, we are not cosplayers by any imagination. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, like if, one of the other highlights of this episode, or the um, oh. the parts that were focused, was the five hundred first, which, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. according to Twitter, is a very abusive and patriarchal organization. So it was interesting. Oh, yeah, really? That's I, I just saw, like, five, I mean, there was there was a lot of dudes there. There were some women, but there yeah, was a lot of guys it was there. like five or seven. Oh. Um, posts on twitter that were like this is a really like mm-hmm. guys club um they like all the guys in mm. there like they want to date you as opposed to being like a female star wars fan that just like wants to be a part of it um which right. is just like really really unfortunate um that people will have to feel that way but it, that's that mm-hmm. that part of it, like I we had been talking about the 501st being in the show for like a year. So I knew. It. Yeah, because they talked they talked about it at the panel at, at Celebration. So, I yeah, I mentioned that when we were doing yeah, a recap so, of the Mandalorian so when, panel. When they did that whole thing, I'm like, oh, well, I don't really feel like I care at all that they highlighted this. And, you know, it's not like all of them are hmm. right. Like it's probably. Yeah, oh, sure. It's probably, yeah. you know. And it's, I mean, it's a nation, national, or even beyond national, I guess, probably, but I don't know, organization. But, I, I mean, I, I'd also be curious, I'd be curious what the demographic for it is. Like, how how many young people are probably in 501st? Because I don't, you know, I don't know how much it costs to make Stormtrooper armor. I don't know the kind of time. Because I, well, I mean, look, I'll be real. I'm not on our Twitter anymore. I don't know about all this stuff. I, I'm sure it's the case, uh, just based on the world but you know i had a note here joining the 501st i've told my girlfriend before i've i've often thought about you know that that would be a fun thing to do you see them in parades you know they visit children's hospitals and stuff um and i just figured at, at some point i would probably look into that yeah uh presumably when i looked into it i would i would probably find out what you're telling me now but um yeah i definitely thought that that would be a fun thing to do who knows yeah, and, and that's not to say that all of them are bad or anything like that, but that's just what framed my watching of it, of seeing, mm-hmm. you know, a couple women show, you know, sharing some anecdotes about how they were treated and just the yeah. um, unfortunate and just the, you know, downright sexist things that were happening to them. And then, you know, I'm yeah. sure a couple of those people were probably part of that um, group that was, you know, shooting that episode. But could be. I don't know. I mean, there's so many people. Yeah, but and it's yeah. I'll be curious also because it's just like you have to imagine there's probably still some you know backwards doofuses out there who you know go back to 2014, I guess, and it's just like. Well, there are no girl stormtroopers. Uh, I think I think for whatever your complaints about the sequel trilogy is, are, I 
loved that there were finally female stormtroopers and that they opened that all all up and you're starting to see it it's something you don't it, or it, it not you specifically but i am it's something that can elude you maybe is like you think like we need more women protagonists we need more women leading the charge but it's also like there's, you need you need more women in the faceless villainous organization. You know the world is full of women. The whole world, not just the part the cameras pointed out and zoomed in on. And you're starting to see that more and more. Um, I'm playing. I just told you before the podcast. I'm playing The Last of Us Part Two, and it's horrifying and uh, has ruined my life with its emotional abuse. But you know the the when you're fighting people in that game there it's just as likely to be a woman as it is a man and it's you know it's just it's people and uh i yeah i was i always really liked that the sequel trilogy made uh more diverse stormtroopers and made it men and women i and honestly i gotta say much as i may maybe hate episode nine there's this part when they catch Finn and Poe uh-huh. and Chewbacca in the Star Destroyer, and they got him surrounded, and then Poe goes, okay, guys. He specifically says guys. He goes, okay, guys. And there's a female stormtrooper goes, shut up. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even, I, I honestly didn't even brilliant. think about it that way. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, but so that that's all to say, I'm I'm hopeful that people that, grow up loving star Wars based on the sequel trilogy and stuff like this are, you know, that, that there's hope for an organization like the 501st route. And I don't know anything about this. I've only, I only know what Pete told me, but the perception about that kind of thing and, and that that might, that might change in uh, the future. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they finally showed all the five of first folks. Um, that showed up to be in that episode proper. And what an episode to be in, by the way. Like, at the celebration panel, they said they were in an episode. They didn't say they were in the freaking finale with the whole freaking cast there and Taika Waititi directing. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Freaking lucky them. Um, So, unless you have anything else on the 501st thing, I was going to ask you what kind of references and Easter eggs, if any, did they bring up that you didn't already know? Um, well, I think they referenced them at certain points already, like the IG-88 um, being, like, reclaimed parts. I probably didn't know that until the show, but I feel like I knew it before this. No, you did know it, because I said it on the episode we did yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. It was so, no big deal. It's fine. I already knew you didn't listen to me. Yeah, so I, um, I got, I guess I... So I guess I got it from you. Um, the mm-hmm. Mark Hamill being the the droid. Yeah, that was one um, for me too. I had no idea. It was pretty interesting. And because it's also it's one of those things there. So in Last Jedi, there's like that hideous leprechaun alien in Canto Bite that puts the coins into BB-8, and that's Mark Hamill. Oh, really? And. Yeah, and so but so after I knew it was Mark Hamill, I I you know watched it again and I was like, oh yeah, I can I can kind of hear that based on other voices I know he does uh, within his very prolific voice acting career. The the droid at the bar though, I mean they even said you know it's Mark Hamill, and then they play the clip and I was like, oh I never in a million bajillion years would I I have no idea. Really? Okay. Yeah, I I would have never I would have never yeah guessed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one for me. Had no idea. And then R5 being in there, uh-huh. I had no idea. I didn't pick up on that at all. And those were the two big uh, big ones for me. Everything else I um, was not news uh, in, in Josh land, but the, the Mark <laughs> Hamill and the fact that it was R5 Here in Josh there. land, no news to report. <laughs> <laughs> back to you pete <laughs> there's there's never any news how's peteville going um not good oh cool 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 um, morale is low we also <laughs> <laughs> we 
Were there were there any other ones that jumped out of you that you didn't know um, previously? It's not that I didn't know previously. It was just nice to see. A really cool thing about Star Wars is they recreate um, tropes, you know, over and over again. So some people would really, you know, hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the getting rid of an arm, the arm limb every every time. Right, right. Um, and um, it was interesting for them to show um, that each time. So that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to point yeah, the trope out. Cool. And that, because that, that can be a pro and a con, and I, when you talk about franchises in particular tropes abound uh you know look at the you know the first you know 10 or so movies in the marvel cinematic universe and how many of them had a giant big blue beam shooting into the sky and that can be like uh. but i think the james bond franchise is the best example of any of the kind of double-edged sword that can be tropes because a james bond movie has so many regular beats that a majority of the film hit and so it can be constricting because it feels like, well, this is what a James Bond movie is. Similar to like, oh, in Star Wars, it feels like somebody's always losing an arm. But within that framework, you can really flourish and be creative as well. And so it, it there's the danger of it being very hackneyed and very overplayed and you rolling your eyes and being like this again. But there's also a great potential to, you know, flip that kind of thing on its head and uh play with the expectations and and use the trope um to surprise and and things like that so yeah i i don't i don't blame them for for pointing it out um and kind of discussing that sort of stuff uh so i'll i'll say given that this is the last episode if this does come back for a second season it's sort of i didn't mind it at first but now with this last episode, the the roundtable thing, they gotta they gotta get rid of it, or they gotta do something else. It's like there's a so there's a segment in there where they're talking about the uh-huh. Blurgs, but it just kind of devolves into everyone talking over everybody. So it starts off like, oh, the Blurgs, they were in the Ewoks. We try to do stop motion, and then somehow they get to talking about the Boba Fett action figure that you had to do the mail in to get the Boba Fett action figure. And then from there, they're talking about Boba Fett's gun from the Christmas special. But it's, it's just like, I, I feel like they wanted to make it feel like a podcast or something like that, that conversational kind of flow, but it, by by this eighth episode, it was it was wearing on me, and I think it was sort of a detriment to the information they were trying to. I didn't see. I didn't seem to, to mind represent. it. I think that I the know. the one thing was yeah. it encouraged people the the loudest voices to get get the say. So like, yeah. Boy, did it! Did Kathleen Kennedy say anything in this last episode? I think she maybe said one I feel like thing. She, I feel like she and laughed a little bit when they mm-hmm. made fun of George Lucas, um, where mm-hmm. they just cut that that take where George Lucas literally flipped John Favreau's ta- um, chair after that, when he was like, "Do you see this thing Dude. from the from the the hall?" Dude, my favorite yeah. part of the episode. And then John Favreau, Big George, clowning John Favreau to yeah. death. I mean. They cut that because he Ugh. put that little little boy in his place. Um, because everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you did you like the gun? Did you see the gun? You wrote if that. You don't play with you my toys, that. Johnny F. Uh, you need to have some respect. Not really. Yeah. Can't believe you thought. Wait, you think? I thought George Lucas wrote the Christmas? Get out of it's here! It's like he doesn't oh even goodness. get it. Oh I, I mean, he. Johnny John Favreau is probably the biggest proponent of the holiday special because he Life Day and the yeah, Life big Day and gun. the Big Gun yeah. and the Mythosaur, Menosaur, yeah, right, the great Mythosaur right. or whatever. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I'm curious. Never mind. That's that's for a different. That's for a different pod. Um. 
Isn't so, it at all. in conclusion, I don't, do you have any final thoughts, Josh? Uh, I have two. One is that I guess I have to go to Orlando to see Trapper Wolf's X-Wing and uh, look at a chair that Dave Filoni sat down in in the cockpit there. (laughs) That was a pretty Uh cool fact to get, that they use a Galaxy's Edge X-Wing for that sequence. And then I guess, you know, I I said earlier, sort of final thoughts on... um, the success or failure, I guess, of this. That's that's a little harsh. Not that, but like how, what, my final thoughts on this eight episode series in general and how it made me feel. And I, I mentioned earlier that I do, I do genuinely feel like this for, I mean, I remember being a little kid and watching stuff about the making of Jaws and the making of Jurassic Park and how much that gripped my imagination and how it, it, laid another an additional narrative on top of the fictional narrative that was unfolding on screen when I watched those movies and that that heightened my appreciation for it and it it really made me passionate for for movies and things like that and I do think that this eight episode series I have to imagine is probably going to have that kind of effect on on young kids as well which is exciting I'll be you know who know, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you know, what what behind the scenes featurettes will be watching with the creative minds of that generation referring back to this sort of stuff. Um, but the other big takeaway that I got from this series as a whole is my hope is that it has introduced a whole new generation to uh, the demigod among us, Dave Filoni. Look, guys, this is Dave. This he is his rules. coming out party. Meet Dave. Look at him talk. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that. Well, hoping is. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping and sort of not hoping that this exposes a larger audience to this man who has been uh, a huge inspiration and motivation of myself creatively, and and is just I love that guy so much. And on the one hand, I want everyone to love him. On the other hand, I've been to you know two star celebrations and I still haven't gotten a chance to meet him. And I feel like the more people that love them, the harder it's going to be. But, yeah, I think my big takeaway from this was, hey, world, meet Dave. Does he not do um, signings? So he, at one of the celebrations we were at, Uh I think it was Chicago, he did a signing of some prints that were made and it was for charity all the proceeds went to a charity but it was like first thing sunday morning and i had the mandalorian panel or no because he would have been at that but it was i had some sort of right, pre-scheduled okay, conflict okay. or whatever but i mean plenty of people just meet him on well, the floor I, do you every time we go to celebration there's somebody on twitter being like oh yeah i was wandering around on the floor like an idiot and i just happened upon your freaking idol josh well, remember, how do you feel I, about that saw, you stood where i'm standing with dave filoni right now 15 I minutes saw ago pablo hidalgo and i was like pablo pablo and he was just like somebody knows my name and it it, it shook <laughs> him a little bit and we, we took a selfie um oh wait seriously yeah yeah, it's on that my didn't Instagram. Happen. I'll put it on the po. You didn't sell yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll put it on. I'll put it um, on the po boys Instagram. Um, Did you tell me this? Uh, I would be shocked if I didn't. Um, so would I. <laughs> I was probably like, Josh wouldn't know who that is. <laughs> I've already met Pablo. Thank you very much. I knew at Comic Con. I got you an autographed poster from Pablo oh, at all. Man. What are you even talking about? Yeah. So, in conclusion, um, see you, Josh, yeah, in, in two years. Um. <laughs> right. Yes. This is the this is the end of Poe Boys. The end of Pedro Boys. The end of Mudhorn Rakers. We're gonna go into hibernation for the next two years and two months. Or we'll be back in July. Um. Yeah. <laughs> you mean next week? <laughs> Yeah, so we've got we've got July planned out. Uh, I don't I don't know if we settled on a dumb name we for it or to. not. We can just go. We, we can just go back July to We've got July planned out. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But like a sub name. Yeah, I'm, I I don't think we have to do sub names all the time. Um, 
I mean, the, the subnames are so good, Pete, but I just... Look, the more, the more subnames we do, you've got to think long-term. Like, are we hugely successful already? Yes. But at some point, we'll be even more successful, and we'll have the opportunity for merchandising. And when we have that opportunity, every full, subname full is stop, a Full stop, page. Josh. Josh, you every, only want this so that... These theoretical Every fans of ours will be like, oh, I'm a ride-or-die Pedro Boys fan. And somebody will be like, no, nah, man, I'm only Tato Boys. And then they'll be like, oh, no, I only stand Mudhorn Rakers. And then it'll be like, no, nah, fam, I'm, I've been Po Boys A1 day one, um, huh. which is fine. you know. Th- when I think about how few people listen to our podcast to begin with, and then when I think about how unbearable the first two minutes of last week's episode of this show were, what I wouldn't give to meet the point oh 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 one percent of a human being that doesn't care for Poe Boys, quite frankly, isn't all that into Pedro Boys, but Pedro Boys proudly presents Mudhorn Rakers, that's like their jam. All in on Mudhorn Rakers. Everything else is garbage. I would would just like to interact with one of our fans that's international. Like, how in the world did you listen to this? Like, we have some, like, German... uh, (laughs) How did you you stumble upon these two, you know, swole boys' voices? You know, I... I have to think that anyone overseas in a non-English speaking country that listened to this show found it and used it as an example against their parents for why they shouldn't have to take like an English course, like in high school, like in Germany or something. They probably have like in German high school, it's probably like an English elective where you learn English and, you know, some dude's parents are like, you've got to take English. You've got to learn English in your sophomore year or in German high school. And then the student's like, listen to this podcast. This is what I need to learn? You think I need to learn English? Are you listening to this? And I have to think that that's how we've gotten our international. Go to bed, Klaus. Um... Yes, please, Klaus. Po'boys is nothing if not an argument against but, learning the English language. And that... Yeah, so, Klaus, uh, email us at poboyspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we put out, an, we put out a, a request for, I think it was fans in India, maybe? Or, the, you know, yeah, they went away. They went away. Because I was... Did they... <laughs> Because I was genuinely curious just about, you know, like how Star Wars marketed there, because I think that was in the lead up to episode nine. And so I was, yeah, I was definitely hopeful that maybe someone would, would get in touch with us and, and uh, let us know about that. But no such luck. Do you want to talk real quickly about what we're planning to do next month or you want to just leave it? No, I, f- I feel like we can um, just leave it and people can, you know, kind of... <laughs> Okay. Be like, oh, that's so cool. We'll talk oh, about it next week. Awesome. Or, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back with Poe Boys next yeah. week. Oh, cool. Later. <laughs>